Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Hey. Welcome back. Turn down the music so Toby can talk. <laughs> How are you? It's Toby. Toby C. This is our program, our show, uh, one of many about recovery. This one's called The Fourth Dimension, and we talk about a very uncomfortable subject called the devil, called Satan. Called, we talk about evil. We talk about the fallen angel. We talk about bad luck, bad karma, negative paranormal experiences, whatever you want to call it. But... But what we do on this show is we talk about the things that stand in their way of, of our ability to, to take care of ourselves and get better. And I want to welcome my friend this, this day in our studio. I've known her for quite some time, Vicki F. Welcome, Vicki. Hi, Toby. It's wonderful to see you. Thank you. Take a deep breath, though, because we're going to be touch- talking about a very touchy subject today. We're not going to be talking about drug and alcohol abuse. We're going to be talking about the cycle of domestic violence. And that includes sexual abuse uh, and physical abuse and emotional, psychological abuse and spiritual abuse. And um, it's going to be a pretty heavy show, but there's going to be a takeaway. Don't forget, you know, when I stopped living in the problem and started living in the answer, the problem went away. So trust me, we're going to be talking about the problem, but we won't leave you without giving you an answer. How about that, Vicki? Are we going to give an answer at the end of the show? I hope so. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. So let me just give you a quick warm-up before we get started here. You know, we are going to be talking about a very uncomfortable subject. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, the devil. You know, and for the simple reason that if the figure of the devil is missing, one also loses sight of the figure of God itself, okay? You know, if, if, if the figure of the devil is missing, it makes the concept of God very abstract. If there's no devil, then there's no God. True. Wouldn't need one. You wouldn't need one. And, uh, you know, we can just be real... Uh, uh, we don't want to get philosophical here and talk about you know good and evil within us all. We're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about philosophy and ideology. We're here to talk about our experience, our experience in encountering something evil and negative when we try to get better and to save our our lives. So I'm going to quit running my mouth here. I want to. I'm going to turn this over to Vicky, and I want Vicky to give us a little bit of a, of her background in a general sense, and to and to kind of ease us into how she slipped into the addiction of defective relationships with with her companions. Hi. Um, it's started when I was very young because I was sexually abused. But, of course, I didn't know that I would end up in very abusive relationships uh, as mates. And I would end up feeling that it was all my fault, that I was guilty, that I didn't deserve better than that. 
Okay, we're going too fast now. Let's talk about how you ended up in these defective relationships. Was um, we talked about this? You had a, you had a really rough childhood, like many of us do. And uh, did you grow up with a distorted set of values? Completely distorted. Yeah. And uh, did and did you have a dysfunctional family system, like so many of us? Yes. And was this dysfunctional family system your normal? Yes. You thought that this was normal, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I thought everybody lived. There you go. And um, and there it is. And by the way, you know, I happen to be an expert on codependency. And codependency is a deeply rooted compulsive behavior that's born out of our sometimes moderately, sometimes extremely dysfunctional family systems. So... Uh, there it is. You had a dysfunctional family system, and that was your normal, and that was your default. And uh, continue, Vicky. Um, well, once my uh, mother got divorced from my father and we moved, uh, I just denied everything mentally. Didn't know I did, but I just I I didn't live with what happened to me. But it put me in a state of mind that I wasn't aware of. But I would always pick the same type of people. Okay. Now, what you're describing is you were able to detach from your reality. Yes. You had an innate um, skill, set of skills, to completely detach from your reality if the reality was, was full of fear or terror or anything that could be hurtful or harmful to you emotionally, psychologically, or physically, correct? Mm -hmm. Basically, could live in fantasy land. There you go. So you were in fantasy land. And by the way, you didn't abuse drugs and alcohol and other forms of behavior to get into fa fantasy land, did you? No. You were able to get into fantasy land on your own with your own mind, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My brain was the one that did it. There you go. So these defective relationships that, uh, that so many of us have, but specifically that you had, Vicki, were these defective relationships your, your default setting? Oh, definitely my default setting. I, if there was somebody that didn't have defects, I didn't want anything to do with them. There you go, because that was your normal. Mm -hmm. If somebody was really perfect and had all their, their, their act together, that wasn't normal, was it? No. That wasn't attractive to you. Nope. That was very uncomfortable for you, wasn't it? Very much so. I would find something wrong with them. There you go. Ah, interesting, interesting. So take us on, on your journey now on, um, on how many of these defective relationships you know, did you have with, these, with this default setting, with this type of, of actor and character? Well, they started out small, but I ended up in one for over 12 years. That was the main one that finally woke up myself to what was going on. The others were short-lived. So why were they short-lived? Did you kind of figure it out and get and, and cut your losses and get no, out of there? Or? No, they would abuse me and leave. Okay, they would leave. They would leave. Okay. All Not right. me. I, I didn't have the sense to get rid of them. I got it. <laughs> Okay. I'm laughing, so, but it's not funny. So this one, the, the, the relationship that lasted 12 years, he didn't leave. No, he didn't leave. He's, he stayed, and uh, we, we would go through a cycle of being happy and everything being wonderful. And then 
it would turn into a very abusive, sick relationship with physical abuse, mental abuse, uh, financial abuse. Um, and it, it went on like that. It would just, and every time I would say, okay, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm not going to do this, something would happen to me, like I would leave, and then my car would turn around and I'd go back. Mm-hmm. And that had to be the devil making me go back because God wouldn't do that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, um, it wasn't like seeing something, but it would, it would make it okay. Thank you. So what you've just described here, Vicki, is your bottom. Like so many drug addicts and alcoholics who have hit their bottom, you hit your bottom. You hit your, your bottom, but it was an emotional bottom. Mm-hmm. And just like the drug and alcoholic, uh, drug addict and alcoholic, um, you could have easily have ended your life oh. at that moment and said, I'm, I'm done with this. It's over. It's but over. I, but I couldn't do that because inside of me, I kept saying that God loved me. There you go. And I was worth everything. There you go. So deep down inside, you knew something loved you. Deep down inside, you had a reason to live. You weren't entirely sure what it was, but you could feel it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you knew it, and he was there. Yeah. But of course, you know, um, where they say we are justified by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. So there was something else in addition to this, this faith and this, this will to live and to take care of yourself. There was the antithesis of that, and it was evil, and it was dark. And um, and it delivered you, it delivered you back into the hands of evil, didn't it? Every single time. Yeah. And, yeah. And you know, and we can't blame him. Oh no. We, you know, I mean, he was a drug addict and alcoholic, and 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 he was terribly abusive. But you could have split. You could have said he didn't have this this power over you. There was a power greater than him that had this power over you. Didn't. Yes. Oh, and that's exactly what happened. Describe this power, Vicky. The power to not leave. I mean, it was evil. And it you, was. I mean, if you can look at yourself black and blue, or figure out that you would be in a coffin. I used to see myself in a coffin, and still not be able to leave. That's got to be evil. Nobody's gonna. Not person can't do that to you, and God's not gonna do it to me. So it had to be the devil working on me. So you're you're at your bottom. You're describing your bottom. You're having visions of being in a coffin, mm-hmm. of having a celebration of life, and everybody's there weeping and saying goodbye to Vicky. See you later, Sayonara. Um, and you knew you knew it was over. Yes. And 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 yet, you know. And it's so easy to say, "Oh, I didn't have the courage to kill myself." You know. Hey, no. Listen, something deep down inside you loved you, and you knew you hung on to that little mustard seed of love, man, and you and you and that's all you had. But there was this there was this overwhelming wave of 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 evil that kept dragging you back every single time. Yeah. The more you tried, the worse it got, the stronger it got. And you're talking about it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe these other relationships the cycle broke because they just didn't stick around. They just didn't feel like you know, abusing you anymore. Mm-hmm. But this one was a cycle. You know, you would leave. There'd Come be back. there'd be the makeup. Oh yeah, the uh, gifts. The gifts. The, the sweetness. You know. Oh yeah. You know. And and it's a cycle. And then it starts. 
and then the verbal abuse starts, mm-hmm. and then the the psychological games, and then the physical abuse, and and there it is, you know, right? Yes, that's exactly how it goes. <sighs> it, but it wasn't him doing it. I mean, it was him. But, but it was you. And here, and it was here, me. here's the takeaway. You were you were in the bondage of self, weren't you? Most definitely. You were in the bondage of self, and probably the main ingredient of this of this toxic stew was fear, wasn't it, Vicky? Total fear. Fear of people finding out, people of seeing me. Fear uh, of being abandoned. Mm-hmm, being alone, not having somebody in my life. There you go. So you would sacrifice all of that. Uh, um, in this relationship, yeah. to stay in it. Yeah. Yeah. Physical abuse. I mean, nobody picks to have that done to them. So, oh boy, this is beautiful. When we come back, <laughs> I want you to, I want you to tell us the solution. Something happened for you to end this vicious cycle of domestic violence and evil with this person. You're going to tell us about that when we come back, Vicki. I'm Toby C., your host of The Ghost on our show called The Fourth Dimension, talking about evil resistance and early uh, attempts at recovery. Stand by. We're going to be right back with Vicki F. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Okay, Vicki. Okay, Vicki. So when I stopped living in the problem and started living in the answer, began living in the answer, the problem went away. Yes, it did. But and, it, and your problem went away, but it didn't go away right away. No, it took quite a while yeah. to figure out everything. But but, but hopefully, hopefully there's going to be a takeaway in this show that's going to help the listener get some answers so it's not going to take them a long time. Oh, I would hope. A long while to get this thing. That I could help somebody to understand. All right. So what's the what's this what's the answer to terminal uniqueness and loneliness and isolation? Be around other people. Thank you. It's called unity, isn't mm-hmm. it? And uh, there it is. So, so who who's ever listening out there, man? You know, come out of isolation and and get into the group. Get into unity. Get you know get to somebody where we can find the answers. Your first attempt at, at a unifying experience happened to be with a... Marriage counselor. Yes. And it was quite interesting because my husband showed up for the first one. And for all the sessions after that, it was just me. <laughs> one day, the man and woman that were giving it said to me, so Cheryl, this is marriage counseling. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, 
who's here? And I said, me. Yeah. And he had excuses for, but it opened my brain to the fact that. Okay, it, okay wait a second. So I'm going to describe now the evil that was present during your, your, your early attempt at recovery. Your early attempt at recovery was to, to seek some, some counseling and some unity with people who understood you. And, and, and were professionals and who could objectively help you figure this thing out. There was your attempt at recovery. And here was the evil, Vicky. And we talked about this before. We did. The fact that your spouse stopped going to counseling, it hurt you. And it made you... Mad. Made angry. you angry. There you go. And, and anger is a sinful behavior. It's one of the seven deadly sins is anger. And when you opened your your heart to anger, you let some something else into that room, didn't you? Yeah, the devil. That's right. So it really wasn't you and these marriage counselors. There was somebody, there was something else in that room. That was that took control of the whole thing. Yeah, and it was evil, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. It was very discouraging. It was hurtful. It was harmful. It wasn't helpful. No. Do you find a lot of help in those those uh, solo marriage counseling uh, deals? Not really. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. no. And the reason why is because there was something present in that room in that meeting that you that you expose yourself to when you when you succumb to the anger, see? And that's exactly where the devil wanted you to be. He wanted you to be consumed with anger. Well, true. When you're mad, you don't think about anything else. But you didn't think about it at the time, didn't you? You no. didn't. You didn't know mm. the devil was in that room. I had no idea. You didn't know that you were really acting out a sinful behavior by being angry. You're just being hurt. Right. You're being disappointed. Oh yeah, very disappointed. There you go. I love yeah. it. Hurt and disappointed are, are are metaphors for anger. Don't fool yourself, man. I'm telling you. We can say I'm so hurt. I'm pissed off, man. <laughs> All right. Don't don't sugarcoat it. All right, so so beautiful. So so the marriage counseling didn't work, did it? Nope. Oh heck no. I went back for more. You went back for more, another another helping or two. Yep. And and the cycle kept going and um and it was a cycle. Mm-hmm. And um and it got worse. Got much worse. And it got worse. And got worse. And um and finally finally where did you find at your bottom, where what kinship of common suffering did you find to crawl into? I went to a battered woman's shelter. But actually, there were men there, too. It was for battered people. It wasn't just happens to women. It happens to men, too. Mm-hmm. And through the kinship and listening to other people, you felt like you weren't so bad. Yeah, you know, because you you blame yourself. Everything's is your own fault. It's you know, it's so by listening to other people, it gave me strength, and I kept saying, "Well, I'm really a good person." You know, God loves me, and I don't have to accept this. So, by listening to other people in this kinship of common suffering, something was listening to you too. 
beyond these other men and women in this meeting, wasn't mm-hmm. there? Oh, so Do you much. believe that something, some good energy, some good power was listening to you? Yes, and I felt like I was helping other people. Oh, man. All right. We're going to break for the uh, bottom of the hour here. We're going to be back with our, our guest, Vicki F., talking about the, the evil that we experience when we attempt to overcome uh, you know, our suffering. And we're talking about domestic violence. How evil can that be? Quite evil. We're going to be right back. I'm Toby C. with The Fourth Dimension with our guest, Vicki F. Be right back. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Well, you know, there's something called the kinship of common suffering. Yep. <laughs> You've been in that, haven't you, Vicki? Oh, yes. Yep. That's what uh, group therapy is, basically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and even in group therapy, there's evil resistance. Oh, definitely the evil. The demon's jumping around in that group, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. We had a couple young girls that were only there because the government made them in order to get back their children. Oh, yeah. So, so they're they were probably part of a domestic uh, violence oh, cycle themselves. Um, so. And unfortunately, the children were a component. And they, in order to get their children back, they had to come to these sessions. Well... That was really evil because here people are pouring out and trying to help and you just wanted to say, listen, listen to us. Mm -hmm. And they were so in themselves that they couldn't see what or hear, excuse me. Yeah. So I want to illuminate the evil in this moment, okay? These young women who were trapped in the the hopeless uh, uh, cycle of domestic violence and, and ignorant and blind to it and in denial of it, they were there uh, not to serve uh, and be helpful to others. They were there to serve themselves. They were there marking times to get their court card signed and get their children back, right? Yes. And that's evil because really a kinship of common suffering is are people who want to be there to be helpful to others. Right, because you want to share your, your experience, strength, and hope. Yeah, for them. For them. And and by the way, we talked about this earlier. Uh, on one hand, this type of behavior by these people who really didn't want to be in these meetings was very dis- well, disruptive. Was dis- very. And, I mean, you hear you. It was the devil was in the room. They didn't know that they were acting that way. They just wanted to get out of there. Right. The devil was saying, you don't want to be in here. You want to be out of here. This is BS. These people are all sick. You're not going to be as bad as these people. And what is it? It's called denial. They were in total denial that they needed the help or that they wanted 
you know, or that they were worth it more than anything, that they were worth the help that they were going to get. So this could have easily been a group of recovering drug addicts or alcoholics, many of us whom are in denial on our way down. And I'll tell you, it's only at the bottom, it's only at the bottom that we become as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as only the dying can be. We don't want to die. And that's why, that's when we get it, right? That's when you listen. That's when you listen. You didn't want to die, did you? No. And, no. and, and you decided, uh, I'm going to be helpful so other women might hear a message who don't want to die either. Oh, I was, it was like a mission to tell people who were in the same situation about how I felt and what I felt like in hopes that maybe they'd learn from me and they would love themselves and know that they were worthy of anything, you know, and not what they were. And I didn't want to die. I mean, I had no desire. There's too much life and too many good things. And I... Trying to share my message, it was hard, though, because there were people that were really good and listening. There was a lot of good in that room, but there was a lot of evil there going were people, against it. There were people in that room who were disrespecting you. There were people in that room who were, who were not paying attention to you. There were people in that room who didn't want to be there. There were people in that room who, who, really, who really couldn't relate to you and... and and what we're describing is this, this atmosphere of evil. It wasn't a kinship of common suffering. A kinship of common suffering are, are really painfully agonizing souls who get together and they help each other, mm-hmm. okay? Get out of their rut. And by the way, we come to learn in the 12-step movement, by the way, which I'm involved in, and I know that your experience was outside of the 12-step movement, but, you know, recovery is recovery, but it is that... Uh, is that when we, when we join a group, whether you're ready for it or not, you just might experience a God of your understanding expressing himself through that group. Mm-hmm. Well, you learn to love yourself. And did you experience a God of your understanding through this, this group? Very okay. much so. It, it changed, I can say it changed my life. And did you have any experiences early on with this group, besides these few young women who were totally in denial and disrespecting everybody by letting their demons run wild <laughs> in the room? Did you have any other experiences? Did you personal experiences where? Well, some of the people that would speak, knowing that somebody felt and acted and did the same identical things I did. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't so tough on myself mm-hmm. by any means. And I learned to love Cheryl by listening to them. Yeah. That's her middle name, by the way. Um, I get it. I get it. Learning to love the self. Yeah. You know, and by the way, I love, you know, I'm going to go back to Codependence Anonymous, you know, in the, pre, in the preamble. The preamble, it says, you know, that we gather together to share and support each other in a journey of self-discovery dash learning to love the self. See, learning to love the self is different from hating ourselves. And when we are in self-destructive behavior with ourselves or when we're in relationships with other people who hurt us and harm us, 
We're not loving ourselves, are we, Vicki? No, not at all. But you get it twisted. Your mind actually gets the two twisted between good and evil. Oh, yeah, all I mean, day long. You, you know, what you think is really, really good isn't good <laughs> at all. And you don't realize that it's the devil not wanting you to succeed in whatever you're trying to do. So one of the fruits of your recovery, Vicki, was that you were able, like so many of us in recovery, to finally discern the difference between right and wrong. Correct? Yes. It was very, very obscure and very cloudy and hazy, wasn't it, what was right and wrong, based on your normal of growing up and your distorted set of values. Completely distorted. And it took me all the things that happened to put it in the right perspective. Exactly. And so when we said when we say that we're confused, um, the confusion is simply, and by the way, I'm convinced that the devil wants us to be confused. You know, the devil is cunning, baffling, and powerful. He wants to keep us on the edge of uncertainty. There's something about being faith-based and being confident and being sure-footed. You know, they're all they're all related, okay? Mm-hmm. Having courage, mm-hmm. having oh. trust. Oh yeah. Something against us, something evil, doesn't want to give us courage. It wants to keep us in endless fear. Something doesn't want to give us trust of others. It wants to keep us in constant mistrust. Something evil doesn't want to let us see what's right with the person who's sitting in front of us. It wants us to find out what's wrong with this person. Mm-hmm. But, but back to, to your recovery, Vicki, you're finally able to discern right from wrong. This isn't right. It's not right behavior. It's not right for me. And you had to you had to find that through the group, didn't you? Yes. By listening to other people, you were able to to kind of correct your your navigational compass and start pointing your ship in the right direction, weren't you? Yes. It wasn't going in the right direction, was it, Vicky? No. It never was going in the right direction, was it? No. Because you were alone, weren't you, Vicky? Yep. You were in the bondage of self, weren't you? Yes. And there it is. And by the way, when you were in early recovery, this early kinship, outside of these girls, young girls who didn't listen to the message, and God, you just wanted to reach out and slap them, say, you have no idea what you're in store for. But... um Was there anything else? Did anybody else let the demons loose in the room? There was one other lady that uh, expanded on her self. It wasn't about anybody else. She didn't talk about things that happened to her. She just talked about the moment and what she felt like now. And that was really helpful to me because... I knew some of her past history only because I was told about it. She didn't tell me about it. But to think that she was able to just put such a positive spin and making her life okay gave me encouragement that, you know, there is life after. (laughs) That's fine. And again, those are the fruits of recovery. But again, we're here to talk about the devil and Satan and evil in our earliest attempts at recovery. And I want to revisit this one more time, Vicki. Here it comes. When you were in this kinship of common suffering and all these men and women who really wanted to get better, 
you know, did you witness the demon leaving these people? Did you witness people who were selfish and self-centered all of a sudden watch their spirits calm down and watch these people get an aha moment? And did you watch these people all of a sudden turn from self into selflessness? Did you watch these people turn from self-consciousness into God-consciousness? Did you watch the, the miracle of the exorcism? Did you witness the demon leaving these people? One of the little girls that we were talking about at the beginning about three years into it, she came back again to the group. A little bit more worse for wear? Oh, a lot worse for wear. But I watched the transformation. She was ready, wasn't she? Oh, she was ready to. She was so ready. She was open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen, listen as only the dying can be. And there it is, gang. This can be for anybody in drug abuse, alcohol abuse, domestic violence, anything. You know, when you've hit your bottom and you're ready, you're ready, man. Ain't nobody going to say you're not ready. You're ready. Oh, and by the way, I have to tell you, you're on God's time. <laughs> right, Vicki? Almost certainly. Oh, man. Don't, don't think that, you know, you're going to get this when you're ready to get it. You're going to get it when God wants to finish testing you and punishing you and putting you at the depths of your endless suffering and misery. And then and only then will you be as open-minded to conviction mm -hmm. and as willing to listen as this young girl who came back two or three years later. Yeah. And did she get better? Oh, much better. And did she become a productive, healthy member of the fellowship and the group? And Yes, I'm still friends with her today. I love it. And I'll bet she carries a pretty darn good testimony that's helpful to other women and men who are trying to expel the demon from yeah. themselves. Right? But you, you can't do it till you're ready. You can't do it till you're ready, you know. Uh, you know, in the ninth step of the 12-step program, it says, you know, we, um, we, were, we became, became willing to make amends to them all, okay, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So it doesn't say whenever. It says wherever. Wherever. You know, if you're right with God... He puts the right people in the right place at the right time for you. Don't you agree, mm -hmm. Vicky? Oh, yeah. You better. It's All right. fate. Okay, we got one more segment for the uh, end of this particular hour. We got a couple hours with Vicky F., and I love it. But we're talking about the cycle of domestic violence and evil that presents itself when we try to get better, when we try to emerge from this, this pain. Stand by. Toby C., The Fourth Dimension with Vicky F. Be right back. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right. You know, the solution is unity. All right, come on. Right? That's true. Because you know, I still go today, and it's a kinship that you make. And even though at the beginning, I don't know, you don't feel it or you're embarrassed or you just don't, you don't understand. Let me ask you this. 
Have you, do you know of men or women in your home group, your kinship of common suffering, who have stopped going and who have slipped back into the oh, most cycle definite. of domestic yeah. violence? The, the only way to get through it is to stay with it. There you go. Constantly. I mean, you know. So, so let me ask you this. So you're, you've been around now recovery and you can calmly and objectively look at what's happened to you and share this in a helpful way to other men and women, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Nonetheless, you still see this pool of men and women who kind of swim into your pond, your home group. Oh, and you see the ones that aren't ready? The ones who aren't ready. Describe it. It's the demon acting out, right? Oh, exactly, because if they just opened up their heart and listened to what people were saying, they, would, they wouldn't leave. They but, would want to be there. But the answer to why they don't open up their hearts and listen to what people are is saying the devil. is fear. Oh, okay, okay, but that's the devil. And, and, and unfair judgment and contempt. Oh, yeah. They, a lot of people, you can see them judging you yeah. instead of nurturing and stuff by their body language oh it's by their facial expressions oh yeah by getting up and jumping around like a jackrabbit and running back and getting a cup of coffee every two minutes Uh uh-huh and running out the door to go make a phone call i know those people do you well there's a lot of (laughs) well absolutely hey you know what i gotta tell you and vicky you can probably relate to this we bring our demons into recovery with us they're they're right we bring a whole suitcase with our with our demons into recovery, they're there. They don't leave because we because we come through the doors yeah, because of because you show of, up because you show up. <laughs> you you bring all your your devil and your demons with you. But the interesting part, Vicky, was did your demons finally leave you? Yes. And do you think it was this the love and God as He expressed Himself through this kinship of common suffering that helped this demon pack his his stuff and and get there was no more room for him there it is your vessel was full of good stuff Mm -hmm. how interesting see in early recovery when we put our hand in the hand of another man or woman and we clean house what we're doing is we're expelling the demon from our spirit from our soul okay we're saying get out of our house demon pack your stuff and get but there's a brief period vicky before we're able to refill our vessel with good stuff that we have an empty, vulnerable vessel. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when your vessel in early recovery was was empty and vulnerable? Very much so, at the very beginning of all of it, because I was in fear. I was, I just liked myself immensely. Uh, I had no self-esteem. All right, so this was an empty vessel. Completely. I mean, just because we clean house, man, there we were sitting with all of our defects glaring at us. Yep. Low self-esteem, uncertainty, blah, 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 you name it, we got it, okay? Yep. And the idea is to fill this vessel, to fill our home with good spirits, okay? And how do we do that? Through sharing. There you go, through unity, through unity, through sharing. And not sharing to serve self, but sharing to serve... Other people. There you go. And and does the devil want you to serve other people? Oh heck no! Who does the devil want you to serve? Him. No. <laughs> well, okay. He's insane. Who does the devil want you to serve, Vicky? 
ourselves, me. You better believe it, man. Me. It's called self-service, isn't it? Yes. Me first. Hashtag me first. Yep. And um, and quite often, a lot of people who come into recovery, they don't get the memo that it's trust God, clean house, and help others. It's right. called uh, trust God, clean house, and skip to the loo, my darling, man. Life is good. <laughs> okay? And they forget to help others. Mm-hmm. And there it is. You know, I'm telling you, newcomers and people who are listening, if you've got a loved one who's really suffering and they're stuck in recovery, it's they didn't get the memo, man. The memo is to get out of self. The memo is that that selfish self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear. And 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 the moment we acquire something called God consciousness, an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness. We, we are able to have a vast change in our feeling and outlook at once. But it doesn't happen easily because there's something resisting us. There's something called the bondage of self. There it is. See, God consciousness is the antithesis of self-consciousness. Right, Vicki? Yes. Yeah. When you realize that it's not about you, it's about other person, you know, to share. That's the moment you've arrived. Yep. Sobriety can really be defined, and listen carefully out there, all of you. Sobriety is really when we fit ourselves to be of service to others and to pay attention to others. Mm-hmm. That's real sobriety. So long as we're caught up in self-service, I don't care how dry you are and how virtuous you are, you know, and how good you are, you know, if you're not paying attention to others and asking him each day what you can do for the man who is still sick, the answers will come if your own house is in order. And you got your house in order, didn't you, Vicki? Yes, I did. Thank God. And the way you keep your house in order is how? To continually keep going. In and order, to helping other people. There you go. And I swear that sounds just like the mantra in Alcoholics Anonymous that our primary cause, our primary cause is to stay sober and to help another alcoholic to achieve sobriety. So you can apply that same wisdom to domestic violence, to anything that you're suffering from out there, okay? The best way to overcome the bondage of self is to get into a kinship of common suffering so that we can be helpful to others. Wow. Take a deep breath. (sighs) What do you want to talk about in hour number two coming up? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure we're going to think of something good. (laughs) I don't know. We'll probably keep it going on. I like like domestic violence because, or or, or just the, 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 the cycle. I don't like domestic violence as a topic, but when it comes to acknowledging and being aware of evil... That's a good place to there start. There it is, man. Defective relationships with other people. There's your root cause of, of evil right there. We're going to continue talking about it. All right, wrapping up Hour 1, I'm Toby C. with The Fourth Dimension, a show about talking about evil resistance during our early attempts at recovery with our friend Vicki F. Stand by, and um, we'll be back talking about evil and the devil and the antithesis of good.
If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Well, it's me, it's Toby, your host of the ghost with the most. It's a concept show if you're just uh, joining us for hour number two with my friend and our guest, Vicki F., Hi, Toby. Hello, Vicki. Thank you for sticking around and giving us more of your ghost stories. We all have ghost stories, don't we? I'll aim in on that. Hey, you know what's interesting about this show? And I, again, because it is the top of the hour and I like to hit the highlights, um, this is a show, it's kind of a unique, unusual show about recovery. <clears throat> and we don't talk about the, the sky opening and all the wonderful, blissful moments of of angelic salvation that so many of us receive in in recovery. No, we're here to talk about something different. We're here to talk about evil. We're here to talk about Satan. We're We're here to talk about negative paranormal experiences that many of us have when we first try to get better and overcome whatever's causing our suffering and our misery. You know, there's a lot of shows out there that uh, talk about being visited by extraterrestrials and, and aliens and, and what have you. Hey, you don't need any uh, extraterrestrial experiences. We can have them terrestrially right here on Earth. Right, Vicki? Oh, most certainly. I mean, you know, and here's the deal. Don't, don't feel uncomfortable talking about evil or the devil or the Satan or the fallen angel because that's the purpose of this show. This show is to illuminate that, that there might be something else at play besides your weak disposition and your unstable personal constitution. Um, there might be a power, an evil power, which is greater than you at this particular moment because you or your loved one are vulnerable, okay? You may, you may have cleaned your house in recovery like so many of us do, but, uh, but we're still very vulnerable. We haven't filled our vessel, our spirit with good things yet. It's still empty. It's still vulnerable. And, and it's at that moment in early recovery from whatever we're experiencing that these weird things happen. They're not called God shots. They're called the opposite of God shots. You can call them whatever you want. Devil but, uh, gets you. The devil. The devil made me do it. Hey, and by the way, don't give the devil so much credit, man. You know, Adam and Eve committed the original sin, not the snake. All right? So we have the power of choice. And, and, um, and again, getting back to the figure of the devil, you know, the devil wants us to, to not pay attention to evil. The devil wants us to deny evil. And that's what we're going to be talking about this hour, right, Vicki? Yes. We're going to be talking about denying the presence of evil. See, if, one, if, if, the, if the figure of the devil is missing, then one also loses sight of the figure of God itself, see? It makes the concept of God very abstract, and that's what the devil wants us to do. And I'm here to tell you, I am part of a fellowship of recovery, <clears throat> and we advocate one elementary truth that there is one who has all power, and that one is God, and may you find him now. And there's going to be a lot of things that stand in our journey to seeking a God of our understanding. 
That yeah. most definitely happens. Oh, yeah. So, Vicki, you know, you told us last hour about this, about your, your terrible experience in the uh, evil cycle of domestic violence. And um, we're going to try to make some sense out of this now. We're going to try to go back and look at some evil moments that, uh, that may have been very present, but, um, but you or others were in denial and were resisting um, the presence of this, of this powerful evil spirit. And um, go ahead and give us a little... Every time yeah. I would seek out help to get out of the situation that I was in, um, <laughs> they wouldn't believe that it was really going on because there was a Dr. Jekyll kind of situation going on where he was Mr. Wonderful in the presence of people, and they just couldn't believe that he would do anything. Okay, so what you're describing is denial. <clears throat> you're the people that you depended on for safety and security and, and comfort and love <clears throat> didn't believe you. They denied that, that this evil side of this person existed. That's the truth. And let me ask you this, Vicki. <clears throat> Going back to your earliest childhood memories in the dysfunctional family system that so many of us come from, do you remember taking your problems to a trusted family member who you depended on for safety and comfort? And do you recall experiencing denial? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen to you. What are you talking about? Yeah. There it is. Your imagination. So they were in judgment. Mm -hmm. And they were denying um, your reality, right? And uh, and it was a reality. Mm -hmm. And why do you suppose they? Let's go back to the childhood experience because whatever happened in your in your experiences later on in life with your husbands and companions was simply a, a repeat function of what happened in your childhood. Correct? Yes. So let's go back and and, and you know, let's ask ourselves why. Why do you think you were not believed? You were not trusted. You were, you were not that they denied the presence of this evil when perhaps the evidence was right there in front of them and was overwhelming. What do you think was going on, Vicky? Maybe they had experienced the same thing. Maybe they didn't. They didn't, well, denial, like you said, or just downright evil, because they knew what they were doing. And to say they didn't do it, or try to scare you into, you know, saying that, what are you talking about? That was your doing. To hand a child back into the arms of a predator is denial, mm -hmm. and it's evil, and and the question is why do people and quite often Vicky I don't know your story and we're not here to talk about you know all the gory details like so many of us have um we're just here to explore the possibility of why 
this was done. And was was this a test? Was this something that God wanted you to experience, Vicki? Or was this something that that's something other than God wanted to put you through? Oh, definitely. It was the devil doing it. God wouldn't do that to a person. A young child. No. Who's innocent, doesn't know anything. Well, no. There was definitely the presence of evil in the people. Mm-hmm. You know? And and you touched on something that you know, sometimes it's this cycle of shame and 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 evil behavior can become a legacy. And it can be and it can be passed down, you know, through generations, this type of behavior. Oh. And sometimes um the default setting that so many have is denial. There it is. Denial. Denial that it happened to them and denial that it could happen to you. What do you think, Vicki? That's definitely what happened. Later on, you know, I've come to... Uh, actually, I talked talk to somebody directly about it and said, uh, why didn't you take better care of me? Why'd you let this happen? And come to find out, lo well, and behold, they had the devil <laughs> doing the same thing to them. They were in the same cycle... And so, so there it is. So really the theme of this, of this moment in this show, The Fourth Dimension, where we talk about evil resistance in our earliest attempts to get better and overcome something horrific and terrible and, and traumatic, it's denial, isn't it? You know, just like I mentioned in the opening monologue, man, the, the devil wants us to deny the existence and the presence of evil. Because when, we, when, when the figure of the devil is missing, then one also loses sight of the figure of God himself. True. And, and Especially and, with the child. Yeah. You know, and we grow up with a distorted set of values, don't we, Vicki? That, um, you know, if you want to improve your situation, you got to pull yourselves up by the bootstraps. And, 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 and God helps those who help themselves. Yeah, misplaced yeah. love. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. If you're a young, vulnerable, innocent child, how do you help yourself, okay? And to say that God helps those who help themselves. That's not a true statement. It isn't. And by the way, um, the 12-step program that I happen to be a part of, but Vicki isn't, but there are other movements in recovery that advocate that selfish self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our problem, see? This is not a self-help program. This is a help others program. And there it is. And you were denied help because, because the people that you took your, your suffering to couldn't get out of themselves. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. They couldn't break the cycle. They couldn't break the cycle. They were so mired in denial and shame. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Plus, they, you know, they were afraid. Most of the time, you're told it's your fault. Yeah. And, it, you know, if you tell anybody, you know, you're the one going to be punished. I mean, it's a no-win situation, mm-hmm. isn't it? I think it's called a damned if you do. And damned if you don't. <laughs> yeah. And... Let me ask you this, Vicky. Did you feel damned? Yes. Was there a point where you came and, and, and you asked yourself, why, why God, why would you put me through this? Mm-hmm. 
Do you think God, a loving God of your understanding, would put an innocent young child through this? No. There you go. No. So there was something else at play, wasn't there? Yeah, the devil. There you go. And, and, and it is what it is, you know? You know, maybe, hey, maybe looking back as we finish up this segment, you know, no matter how young you were or as a developing young woman or into your adulthood, you know, maybe, maybe had, maybe like me, if you had been more objective about the presence of evil and the devil, do you think you may have um, pursued a solution earlier and with more fervor a relationship with a god of your understanding that could that could rescue you what do you think definitely you you know you would people don't want to be in the i didn't want to be in that situation so i would have gone cuz i was reaching out constantly for different type of help but and I mean, you were religious. You, I think, a mm-hmm. Catholic background. You right. did the whole deal. But, but the fervor, the dependency on this power greater than yourself. You know, this God help me moment. It wasn't quite there, was it? Not yet. It wasn't quite there. Wow. All right, we're going to be right back with Vicky F. I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension, and we talk about the devil, the Satan, evil, the fallen angel, negative paranormal experiences, whatever you want to call it, the things that keep us from getting better in early recovery. And it is what it is, baby. We're going to be right back with Vicki F. I'm Toby C., The Fourth Dimension. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. All right. Vicki, where do we start? Ha 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 ha. All right. You know, during the break, we were talking about the fact that, uh, you can't get away from evil. You can't get away from it. You can deny the existence of evil. You can deny the presence of evil. But at the end of the day, can you really get away from evil, Vicky? No. It, every single time you try to do something, it's there. Looking you straight in the face. You, uh, with my background of being Catholic, you go to the local priest. They don't, they don't buy. They're in denial more denial than you because they don't want to deal with the situation and so you took so you took your problem to the clergy and and uh they just kind of uh they didn't want to hear it bottom line they it was a subject that they didn't want to approach interesting interesting and you would think these are godly people Mm -hmm. so why would they not want to help someone yeah and then you took your problem to physicians. And the physicians, 
the same identical thing. Uh, I had to have hysterectomy. At a, at a young age. Very, very young, young age. age. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, it's uh, adhesions. That's scar tissue. So <laughs> how does a small child get adhesions? By abuse. Right. But, but they wouldn't acknowledge it. And, oh, and, uh, and, no. um They wrote it on the paper, mm-hmm. you know, for the because at that time, to have a hysterectomy at the age I was, you had mm-hmm. to have three physicians agree. Mm-hmm. And they all three agreed, oh, she's got adhesions, but nobody wanted to approach why. There you go. Thank you. So uh, evil. And, Total. And just, just denial. I mean, come on, man. You know, if it, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and looks like a duck, it's a duck. Yes. But they didn't want to accept that, did they? No. It's just... Uh, uh, who else did you take your, your problems and, and your suffering to? Family, of course. We already talked about that. And, uh, and, and the big obstacle, uh, talking to family, uh, young or old, is um, something called pride is, is in the way. Uh, something also called denial is in the way. And something called that many of us fail to recognize is there is a legacy of this type of behavior in so many dysfunctional family systems that we're unaware of. Right. If they were to uh, accept what I was saying, they would have to accept what happened to them or, you know, what they believe in. Or, or, or not even to accept it, but to have to deal with it, to face it. Right. In yeah. order to face what you had to deal with, they might have to face what they had to deal with. And it's just easier to, to, to sweep it under the rug and forget about it and move on. Or so right. they thought. So they thought, but they're, all they're doing is making it recycle every single time. And, you know, the devil has to be doing all this because I don't believe a loving parent would ever do that to a child, deny them. And you kept having a reoccurring dream as a child. about in a coffin. I would find myself at my own funeral. In a coffin. In a coffin at the church, Mm -hmm. you know, and people saying goodbye to me. So, um, and this was a reoccurring dream. This is a this is a dream of hopelessness. This is a dream of uh, of you know what do you want me to do, God or devil? You know here I am. Just kill me. I'm just you know just long for the ride. It's just it was really you know if I'm not a big dream reader, but it sounds to me like it was just uh, it was just a moment of, uh, of of complete resignation and hopelessness. And I'd have another reoccurring dream of falling off a cliff. Oh, yeah. Step, and that's very, very common. But that was my hopelessness. I mean, I'd, I'd wake up and I'd be, in, I'd be in a complete and total panic because I was going off the cliff. And I'd find myself on the edge of the bed. Yeah. Not falling off the bed, but getting ready to. So there it is. You know, in that dream, so many of us have this dream of uh, free fall and, and falling off the cliff. And you know what it is? It's fear. It's a fear dream. And let's kind of try to weave your fear dream into your history of the evil cycle of domestic violence and, and domestic abuse in that um, <clears throat> in the coffin dreams, you know, and the fear. So there was this complete, total resignation uh, of hopelessness. Uh, that that you could do nothing about. That I couldn't change. That you couldn't change, and you had this fear, this this unending fear of of being in this cycle. 
and, and denial. Not, and not being able to break out of this cycle. And 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 for many who are in this cycle, Vicky, there is there is the ultimate act, isn't there? Yes, most definitely. Uh, I wish today that my sister and I could have talked. We we didn't talk at all uh, as young adults, and she was always doing something. But we'll continue after. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, we're gonna be right back. That was a short segment. We're gonna get to the bottom of the hour news and weather and everything. I'm I'm Toby C. We're here with my friend, good friend Vicky F. And we're talking about evil experiences in our earliest attempts to get better. And to stay that way, and something called the devil said, no, I don't think so. And we're just uh, putting the, the light where the light should be shown on evil once and for all. Be right back. Toby C., The Fourth Dimension. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Wow. Well, Vicky. Hi, Toby. That the, <laughs> the evil cycle of domestic violence, the evil cycle of domestic abuse, the evil cycle of sexual abuse, the evil cycle of psychological abuse. I mean, there it is, you know. The nice part about being a survivor <laughs> is we can objectively look back at it now, Vicky, can't we? Yes, yes, and, but uh, at the time you can't. But uh, thank God we survived this this insanity, huh? Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't. A lot of men, women, young, children, old. They just... My sister didn't. She didn't make it. Nope, she didn't make it. She didn't make it. And, you know, when you were a young child trying to escape this cycle of domestic violence and abuse, you were really in early recovery, weren't you? That was a form of early recovery. When you were making your, your first attempts at, at, at saying, no, this isn't right. I want to do something different. I want to get out of this, 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 this normal, because this isn't normal, I'm discovering, okay? And you discovered that this normal wasn't normal, and you tried to to move away from it. And there were things that that interfered with your your moving away from this abnormal dysfunctional family system. And your sister was part of that story, wasn't it? Yes, my sister was. Sharon was a drug addict. I don't think there was any type of drug that she didn't try. I mean, she started at 11 years old. And you're her little sister. And I'm her little sister. Mm -hmm. And I, I could watch her and see what she was doing to herself. I mean, it, it was so obvious. And it was confusing. 
very confusing because uh, I didn't understand why she was doing what she was doing. It didn't make any sense, and we couldn't talk. We never talked. If we'd have talked, maybe we could have known what each other was going through. But the fear, the embarrassment, what all those things had to play with us not communicating with one another. So without going into a lot of description of, of Sharon, was she possessed by evil? She was definitely possessed by okay. evil. All right. Everything now, she did. All right. Now, and let's use our imagination as to why Sharon, your older sister, was possessed by evil. And by the way, it was this evil that interfered with your own personal uh, spiritual growth and development, wasn't it? Oh, yes. So there I'm... it is. So this evil affected you as it did everybody. But, you know, Sharon, you you didn't have a close relationship with her, and you didn't talk and communicate, did you? No. The devil wouldn't allow it. <laughs> because it was just, uh, there was this fear, there was this shame, there was this disconnect this disconnect started at 11 years old. And and you come to learn, Vicki, that, that maybe this disconnect was as a result of the same type of abuse and trauma that you had experienced. That's the only thing that eventually I came to conclude was she was two years older than me, so it probably started with her. It didn't start with me. So she she was in her own form of denial by her abusive behavior to herself. She was just trying to cope with it. Yeah. She's, she's a little girl. She, yeah. And she doesn't, she, she, she didn't know any more than you did why this was happening in this dysfunctional family system, this type of physical and, and emotional and sexual abuse. But the evil around us kept us from communicating with each other about it. There it is. There denial. It is. And denial. And to take it to a family member and say, that's not right, that hurts. And to have the family member turn their back on you and say, get over it. Is, you know? That makes you f feel like you're the one that's wrong. Oh, yeah. You know, which is totally evil because nobody has to accept that. So you saw and you witnessed Sharon just go on this, this journey of, of misery. And you saw this. Describe this. Describe this evil that you witnessed. As, as a young girl that was that was consuming and possessing and controlling your beloved sister's life oh she she would she cut school she never went to school um, she was uh, very abusive to I used to make jokes about she was a fighter but she would practice on me so that she could get <laughs> good to defend herself and of course then when my mother would return uh, I would lie and say oh that just you know I fell down the stairs or so you just let a clue out just now Sharon was full of anger oh Sharon was full of she was just seething and and bubbling over with anger there it is anger and shame and, and yeah but but the anger there it is and uh, and you said she was very self-destructive. Very self-destructive. And, and and I'm telling you, being a, a, a recovered junkie and drug addict and alcoholic myself, that uh, that I can tell you that there's there's no over better and more overwhelming and compelling reason to get loaded than anger. And there it is. And talk about 
opening ourselves up to the devil and letting him in. Wow. I never thought of that that way because you're a child. I just couldn't figure out why she was doing everything she was doing and why it was so horrible. You know, have you ever heard of cutters? You know, young kids oh, yeah. who are cutters? Yes. You know, what's the difference? I know, I know, I know several people who have children who have, who have had that experience mm -hmm. and, and you're thinking, you know, talk about uh, a form of self-destruction turned inward. You know, if you can't express yourself and you can't vent your anger and have a, a kind, compassionate, listening ear listen to you, then you turn, quite often we turn our anger inward, don't we? Mm -hmm. That's the only way that you can react to it. And you saw your beloved sister turning all this anger inward, didn't you? Yes. And of course, she practiced a little bit on you because that's what sisters and brothers do with each other. Okay? <laughs> exactly. So you got to give her a pass on that. But, uh, you know... But there it is, man, and uh, and 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 it had an effect on you, Vicky. You didn't become a drunk or a junkie. You saw enough of that going on. It scared the bejesus out of you. Oh right. But it had an effect on you. What effect did did Sharon's evil behavior have on you? I didn't want to do what she did. I didn't want to be what she was. I, I, I did. You know what you wanted to be. Or was it, I don't know what I want to be, I just don't want to be yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it. I, I had no idea what I really wanted to be, but I just didn't want to act like her. I, and I didn't want to, I watched a beautiful human being turn ugly. Yeah, yeah. You know what a dream crusher is? Yes. So did you think you grew up in a family of dream crushers? <laughs> or, uh, or did people, you know, say, okay, Vicky. You know, we want you to do this, and we want you to live and experience your dreams, and we're gonna we're gonna back you one hundred and fifty percent. What do you think? Uh, actually, I was told I could do anything or be anything I wanted to be. Beautiful. I was. Uh, but did you feel it inside? No. There it is. <laughs> there it is. No. And uh, and and there it is. Something kept you. From from being all you can be, you know, kind of sounds like a cliche, but uh, you know, you would think that in the cycle of of the dysfunctional family system and the abuse that takes place, that there would be dream crushes. But you had people who really, you had a varsity cheering section going. You know, oh yeah, we want you to live a full life Deal. and be happy, joyous, and free, and la la la. But guess what? They didn't give you the tools. To do so, did they? Well, I had one side as a cheerleader, and I had the other side saying that I couldn't do anything; I wasn't worth anything. Oh. And that was probably that was fear in them of me saying more about them, and maybe eventually someone listening to me. Yeah. So it was really hard because you had good side, bad side, so to speak. You know, the bottom line is you never had a chance at an early age to escape this cycle of, of the dysfunctional family system. No. You didn't. And we can take a deep breath and ask ourselves, you know, why? And we can have a whole other show on why, but we're not going to go there. And, um, and this cycle, you carried this on into your adult years. Oh, way in. It's, it's just like a, a somebody who drinks alcohol and they just continue to drink and abuse alcohol at a young age or at an old age. 
Heck, it even followed me around. Yeah, tell us, <laughs> tell us quickly what happened. Just, just when you think you got rid of the worst of the worst, and uh, and, and and trying to overcome and outgrow evil, what happened, Vicky? The devil popped up and said, "Hi, here I am." Thirty years later, <laughs> I find out I'm not divorced from this person. This terrible, terrible. abusive. Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, person who, who who almost, you know, just it was just almost uh, killed me. Yeah. Um, I was still married to him, and, <laughs> and 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 to think that, you know, did did God want to bring the two of you together thirty years later? What do you think? Was oh, there, I don't. Was there think a purpose of this? No, <laughs> there was no purpose. There couldn't be. There was so let's so let's ask evil. let's ask the evil three letter question why Vicky the devil wanted to mess his, with you just wanted to mess yeah, with you did not want me to be happy and content and at peace mm-hmm, with myself and with your new companion your new husband your 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 spouse your 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 friend your my your, fiance your yeah. <laughs> But but your but your companion, you you want a peaceful life, and this was very uh, disruptive, wasn't it? Oh, very disruptive! And it was so unnecessary to bring this back thirty years later, wasn't it? Yes. This horrible, horrible experience. How hurtful! Since, well, he was married and have a child. You wow. know, I didn't want anything to do with him or the situation. I was. Just, very pleased, but you know, some yeah. things you just takes a little bit longer to get rid of. Yeah, well, the devil is cunning, baffling, and powerful, and kind of shows up at the most inopportune moments. But back to Sharon, though. Sharon died, didn't she? Yes. Her sister died. Mm-hmm. How old was Sharon when she died? Thirty-six. Yeah, and and was she a uh, was she abusing drugs and alcohol at the time? And, uh, and yes. Yeah, and um. And, and Sharon never found peace, did she? Never. Never, so unfortunately. Sad. So sad. And you found peace, didn't you, Vicky? Yes. You found yes. peace. And, uh, you know, I always like there to be a takeaway <laughs> when we talk about the devil and evil. And you did find peace. And when we come back for our fourth and final segment of our show on overcoming evil resistance during our earliest attempts at recovery, uh, I'm Toby C. And we're here with my friend and our guest, Vicki F. The show's called The Fourth Dimension, and I hope you're getting something out of this. We sure are. Be right back. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Okay, well, we saved the best, the best. We saved the best for last. We saved the best for last. There's going to be a takeaway from this show, for sure. 
Vicky, why don't you hit us, hit us with the highlights and, um, and give us a little uh, color the background a little bit. Well, the thing that got me overall a bit, well, let me start over. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on with me and I didn't know what to do about it. I was waking up every night with nightmares, but I didn't remember them. I didn't know what it was about or anything. And my heart would be beating. And I noticed that I had a black and blue mark between my thumb and my forefinger. And I, I had no idea. And, and this would this would happen after these reoccurring dreams. You'd have this black and blue every, mark every single time. Every single time, I'd have this black and blue mark. And the amazing thing is, usually when you get a black and blue mark, it turns yellow, and then you know it dissipates. But no, this would be there, and then it would be gone. So I thought I was losing my mind. So I went because to- because this black and blue mark. Tell us the whole story, Vicky. This black and blue mark was a symbol and a reminder of of a trauma that you experienced. Right. It was it was where I would bite my own hand to not scream or yell when I was being hurt with uh, sexual abuse because if I yelled or screamed then I'd get slapped and told everything was my fault. Mm-hmm. And and so you took so your way of of, of, of of concealing and gritting your teeth and bearing this was to bite your hand in a particular place. Right. To bite my, my hand and that way. But this is your So years later we're having these reoccurring dreams. Reoccurring uh, dreams and reoccurring black and blue marks that I wasn't biting. And you weren't making these. These no. were coming from within. They were coming from inside of me. It was like my way of releasing and saying, it is what it is. We got to go on with this. Let's make let's make life good. Let's make, you But know. at the time, you didn't know it. No, I at had no time, idea. You, you kept having these reoccurring dreams. And these reoccurring dreams were, were right on the, uh, right at the moment when you started to seek some some outside help finally, right? Yes. Tell us about uh, the outside help that you finally decided to seek again and again. This is a form of early recovery. Trust me, early recovery is when we're a young child and we're trying to escape this type of abuse that we don't understand. And there's a later type of, of, of early recovery when we finally make a heartfelt decision to seek professional help so we can finally once and for all understand what's going on. I went to a psychiatrist because I thought I was losing my mind seeing this black and blue mark. Anyway, um, the only thing they wanted to do was give me drugs. And I said, nope, not going to do this. So I went to a psychologist instead. And uh, then I started going to group therapy, which really and truly was what made me Finding out that other people experience the same thing you do. That you weren't alone. That I wasn't alone. And loving myself, knowing that God loved me. Well, re- I shouldn't say that. God, knowing that God loved me and realizing it instead of not believing that. Because before, I mean, nobody could love me. I wasn't good enough. I did you did you become reacquainted with a God of your understanding? I most when, certainly did. When you got into the group. When I got into the group, 
I totally found a new being to that loves me. Yeah. And that I, mean, I you're a Catholic girl. God was always there. You know how to go to church mm-hmm. and worship and confession and all that, but but this was this is a whole a whole deeper level of a relationship with a God of your understanding. And you found that through the group, didn't you, Vicky? Yes. Yes. And I um uh, I thank God for it. And the more that I went, the more the better I felt about myself and I could share what happened to me and what was going on and you sort of forget about yourself it's all about everybody else you know and you the evil that's out there the only way to get around it is love yeah you know it's interesting we were talking about in our show um that evil presents itself in so many different forms and in particular shame which is certainly a component of domestic violence and sexual abuse but also denial. And um, and I think one of the nicest parts about group therapy is the antithesis of denial is awareness. And 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 you kind of let the boogeyman out of the closet during group therapy. It's no, you know, we 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 commence to outgrow fear and uh, and we start to look at things calmly and objectively when we're in the company of other people. When you can talk to other people that are experiencing and you can share with them, it changes every every aspect of what you feel about yourself. You change from fear. You change from denial. I mean, you can't deny what's in front of you, <laughs> what's there. And they were so uh, loving. And we can't deny our past. No. But we can learn from it. And we might be able to share this wisdom with others. And maybe it's not going to solve their problem, but it will help them accept. Um, it's called living with unresolved difficulties. and uh, Help them on their journey. Absolutely. And uh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful um, story. And, and I really want to thank you for, for sharing your, with us your, your intimate uh, uh, pains and and your your journey and your struggles and I got to tell you, Vicky, you're you're certainly not terminally unique. Although many of us think so in in the depths of our loneliness and our isolation, mm-hmm. we're we're thinking that nobody understands me. We're the only ones going through this, but it's not true. It's a journey that so many of us go on, and and we end up in the kinship of common suffering. You know the group. And by the way, I found out that. There's a God of my understanding who expresses himself through the group. There it is. That's a good and way of putting it. Gang, if you, if you want to overcome evil, find the group. If you want to, do you think a group could have been more helpful to you early on? Oh, most definitely. But, but something, some distraction, sharing, whatever, mm-hmm. kept you from the group. Exactly. Oh, man. Amen on that. Wow. What a fun show. Thank you so much, Vicki Epp. I'm, I'm your host, Toby C., and this is our show called The Fourth Dimension, and we're talking about things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Evil, the devil, Satan, the fallen angel, negative paranormal experiences, whatever you want to call them, but they are what they are, and it is what it is. Come back and join us next time here in The Fourth Dimension. I'm your host of The Ghost with the Most, Toby C., Signing out. Until next time, God bless. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. 
you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.